Welcome to the radio ministry of Cedar Grove United Methodist Church. May God fill you and transform you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now for some music and then Pastor Brian Bully. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living. Your presence I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of loves When my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Luke is narrating. During the night, 
Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Trios, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went to Neapolis. From there, we went, traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected a place to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of them listening was a woman from the city of Tyrera named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to God, Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her house. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay in my house. And, he, and she persuaded us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Okay, I'm going to be reading from Revelations 21.10 and 22.1-5. The Apostle John is speaking. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of the God of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, starting at verse 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's take a moment to pray for the, for the Ukrainian people again and Russians. Heavenly Father, 
it's settling down to be a slog fest in Russia, in Ukraine. Daily bombardments. There's bombs dropping, homes being destroyed, businesses being demolished. Father, we ask that you use all of this to, for your glory, that you will step in and that you will guide people to those who can tell them of the goodness of your son. We ask that you would guide people to people who will love them and take care of them. Father, be with them all and bring peace to that country, to both countries, as soon as possible. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Jesus had washed their feet. Judas had already left them. And Jesus had told the disciples to love one another. And then Jesus had predicted that Peter would deny even knowing him three times before the night was up. Well, the remaining disciples and Jesus, they were eating the Passover supper in the upper room of a home in Jerusalem, and they were remembering the life of the Jews in Egypt and the escape from Egypt. And then Jesus got serious. He told the disciples that he would be going away shortly. Thomas was confused. He said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered that he was the way and the truth and the life and that no one could come to the Father except through Jesus. That's what Jesus said that night. Well, Philip was also confused, and he was a little bit frustrated. He said, Lord, just show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus said a bit sadly, Don't you know, Philip, that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father? And they talked back and forth for a few minutes. And the other disciple named Judas, there were two Judases. The, the other Judas said, why are you going to show yourself to us but not to the world? And Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And my father will love them and we'll come to them and make our home with them. But anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. And these words you hear... He said, they're not my own, but they belong to the Father who sent me. Now, Jesus used the Greek word agape, which means a selfless love, when he said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. It had nothing to do with the physical love of a man and a woman. It was much more than family love. It was more than the love of a brother for another brother. For the Greek language had other words for those ideas. But agape was a selfless, self-sacrificing love. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Those who have taken the walk to Emmaus will understand agape a bit better. People who don't even know your name, when you're on Emmaus, they give you gifts. Agape love shows itself in a selfless giving, a doing for others, a recognition that just because you're created by God, an image of God, you're worthy of gifts from other Christians. Food, pieces of art, Service, time, treasure, treasured items, simple cards, selfless items, and time. It all shows this agape love for one another. And furthermore, if we obey Jesus' teachings, God the Father will love us also 
also with agape love, that selfless, sacrificing love. God gives to us, not because of anything we've done for the Father. He doesn't need us to do anything for him. But he loves us because we've chosen freely to obey his son's teachings. And the promise goes further. If we obey Jesus' teaching, he and the Father will come to us and make their home with us. Imagine God in Christ living with us. How could we ever be alone again? And even more, Jesus tells us that these are not his made-up words. They come directly from God the Father who sent Jesus. Jesus is the messenger, and he's saying that the king of the universe, the creator himself, has sent these words to us. And now Jesus told the disciples that it was time for a transition. For Jesus was leaving to be with the Father once more. But Jesus would not leave the disciples and us as orphans. No, the Father would send a replacement for Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the advocate. The Greek uses the word parakletos. Para, it means beside or for. And kletos, it means walking. As in the cleats on a shoe. So the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, is the one who walks beside us. And it's in this image of a friend, a counselor, an advocate, who walks beside us that we may perhaps get our best view of what the Holy Spirit is and the purpose of the Spirit. I want you to imagine your wisest friend, the wisest friend ever, who walks beside you every day, all the time. Imagine that your wise friend knows everything about what's happening in your life and the lives of those around you. Imagine that your friend never makes a mistake. The only mistakes in your relationship are the mistakes you make, the times that you ignore your friend's advice, the times you deliberately say, no, I cannot or will not do that, or the times that you say, I hear you, but surely you must be wrong. But yet your friend, who was never wrong, comes back again and again, never leaving you for, because your friend loves you deeply and only wants what is best for you. This is the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one who walks beside us. Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is sent by God the Father. The Spirit will teach us all things, Jesus says, if we listen to that same Spirit. The Spirit will remind us of everything Jesus said. Of course, we first need to know what Jesus said, and we get that by reading the words of Jesus that are found in the four gospel books. So what, is, what a gift this Holy Spirit is. Today, most of us have become used to the idea of Googling answers to daily questions on our phones. How many people live in Ukraine? You can Google that, 44 million. What's the best route to Spencer? There is no best route to Spencer. <laughs> How do we make a good meatloaf? We take out our phones, we type in the question, or sometimes we even just ask the question if we've set up the voice capability, and there's the answer. And in Silicon Valley, there are those who are experimenting with direct brain to computer interface. Just think the question and the answer appears in your head. Folks, this is nothing compared to the ability to speak with the advocate, the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit knows everything and gives us wise advice, not 
facts. A Christian who truly learns to listen to the Spirit, to recognize that voice. You never go wrong by following that voice. Of course, you know, there are certain mental illnesses that also put voices in our heads. How can we tell the difference? It's actually fairly simple. The Holy Spirit will never contradict Scripture or ask you to harm yourself or another. While those other voices will often contradict Scripture and they will often tell you to harm yourself or another. But the Holy Spirit remains good always, always giving good advice to us. The Spirit is given to all people who are baptized and have had hands laid upon them with a prayer for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. This is part of the baptism ceremony, and it's perhaps the most important part of the baptism ceremony. Of, it's in almost all churches' baptism ceremony. And Jesus finished this part of his talk by saying to the disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, the Holy Spirit brings peace to us. In some places, the Spirit is known as the comforter because of this. For there's something very comforting to know that God is walking beside us and speaking to us. He's not left us alone. He's ready to give us advice at any time. I've had situations where I've been so agitated about something. And then the voice of the Spirit speaks to me. And the tension goes away because I'm reminded that God has planned even this situation for my benefit. And sometimes when the Spirit gives a message, great things happen. Let me give you an example of the Holy Spirit giving a message that led to some great things happening. Years later, after Jesus' talk, the Apostle Paul and some friends were in a town on the east side of the straits that separate Europe from Asia in what's today modern Turkey. On the map above, it's Troyes. Those friends included Luke, who wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. And one night, Paul had a dream given to him by the Holy Spirit. And in that dream, a man stood on the other side of the straits in Macedonia, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So Paul told his friends, and the next day they went to a ship and they sailed across, stopping at a couple of places and eventually ending up in Philippi, a Roman colony which was founded by retired Roman soldiers there in Greece. There they met a wealthy Jewish woman named Lydia who heard their story about the teachings, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, and she became a Christian that day. She encouraged them all to use her home as a base of operations as they founded and they grew a church in Philippi. It's the church that we know as the Church of the Philippians, to which Paul would later write a letter. It was this vision from the Holy Spirit which led to the gospel traveling to Greece, the first part of Europe where the gospel was preached. Great things can happen when we listen to the Holy Spirit. But we first have to practice listening to the voice of the Spirit. We've got to practice. It's a quiet voice. It's a whisper in the depths of our mind. It can be a series of messages, though, from godly people. Messages that come together for us, even though the messengers had no idea that they were carrying a message to us. Once I was injured, my hand was severely burned. I was in a hospital in Georgia, 
It was about two hours from our home, and Sandra was commuting back and forth, and she was struggling. But everywhere she turned, she saw written or heard on the radio these words, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, which is from Nehemiah 8.10. It was on the radio that day. It was on the church sign. It was on the back of a B, on, sorry, on the front of a VW minibus. It was everywhere. The Holy Spirit had decided to speak directly to Sandra that day in no uncertain terms. That verse helped her get through that difficult time. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The radio ministry down there just thought they had a verse of the day. And the secretary at that church just thought it was a good verse for that week. And the owner of the VW minibus just liked to live by that verse and had for years. But the Holy Spirit brought it all together that day for Sandra, who needed to hear and see that verse and know that God was talking to her directly. You know, it's considered a core understanding of Christians that each book of the Bible was written by men who carefully listened to the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. The word inspiration means spirit breathe. It's spirit breathe in. The spirit did not dictate word for word to these folks, but gave them instruction and guidance how to write their parts. Put in the story about Lydia, the Spirit told Luke. And Luke wrote the story in his own style, with the Spirit looking over his shoulder. You know, some people think that the Holy Spirit only shows up and hits the preacher while he's preaching. But you know, here is proof that the Spirit can show up during the writing phase, too. Because that's where the Spirit spoke to these men who were writing all those books of the Bible. Sometimes, though, the Spirit will speak directly to us, especially if we practice listening to the Spirit every day for years, like the apostles did. Late in his life, the apostle John had an extended vision of what we call the revelation of St. John the Divine. And here's what John wrote in chapter 21. He said, And he carried me away in the Spirit to a mountain, great and high, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Was John actually put on a high mountain? No. It was a vision given by the Holy Spirit, a vision of New Jerusalem arriving from heaven. And then in chapter 22, John tells us about that future city. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Can you imagine that wonderful place? You get to see it one day. Clear water that gives life. It's not just for thirst, but it gives you life. 
And the tree of life that's in the Garden of Eden bears fruit every month, and you eat from that, and that's one of the reasons you live forever. Leaves that heal people. The curse from which we were kicked out of the garden that was given to us back then, it's gone. And God and Jesus are with us in the city. We can see them both. And this vision came through the Holy Spirit to give all of us hope for the future. In New Jerusalem, there's no scary darkness. There's no night. There's no place for robbers and assassins to hide in the dark. God is the light of the city. There's no street lamps. There's no need. There's not even the hot sun needed. And there's no danger of God being overthrown. For God and Jesus will reign forever and ever. Security. Life. A pleasant place. This is what we have to look forward to. But you know, not everyone on earth will look forward to this. For God has given us this future eternal life with God as a gift. We still need to pick up the gift. It's our choice. You can accept the gift or reject the gift. We each have a choice in this matter. To pick up the gift, we have to choose to follow Jesus, accepting that he, as Son of God, has the power and the love to give us eternal life. We're to put feet under this choice through baptism, both by water and by the laying on of hands where we receive the Holy Spirit, who will guide us to follow Jesus. But to follow Jesus, we have to truly commit to following him. It does little good to follow Jesus for a single day or for a week. We need to choose to follow Jesus for a lifetime. And like any long journey, some days are going to be wonderful and other days will be difficult. To reach the destination, we have to keep following Jesus every day, even on those days when the, it's foggy and rainy, when it's difficult to see where Jesus is headed. There may be snow blowing like a blizzard, but we have to keep following Jesus. Or we may come to a pleasant a pleasant seashore, and we'd like to stop and stay here for months or years. But if Jesus goes on, we need to leave the seashore and get back on the road following Jesus, maybe climbing up and over another mountain. We made a choice to follow Jesus, and the Holy Spirit reminds us that each day there are certain things that that means. The Spirit tells us each day what it does mean, and he guides us along the path. For following Jesus isn't just a single event. It's not something you just do one day and that's it. It's a lifelong journey with the Spirit walking beside us, whispering in our ears. And in the end, there's a safe, warm house waiting for us with our God and our King. Now, maybe you've been baptized, but you've never felt or heard the Holy Spirit. It's possible that no one laid hands upon you. This happened in a place in the book of Acts, in Acts 19. People in the city of Ephesus had been baptized with John's baptism, but had not received the Holy Spirit. But we can take you to that next step today. It's not difficult. We'll do just like the apostle Paul did when he ran into this in the city of Ephesus. So I'm going to ask you all to stand up. Stand up. And I want you to hold hands and join it together so we got one big ring here. All right, I'm going to pray. And in the middle of the prayer, I'll ask you to make a decision. And you just say, I do, or 
or not. Heavenly Father, we come before you today wanting your Holy Spirit. Many of the people here have heard your voice and have obeyed your voice, but some have not. And so, Father, we, we want to give them a chance to receive your Holy Spirit so that they too can hear. So I, I'll ask them, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? If you do, say, I do. I do. I do. Heavenly Father, pour down that Holy Spirit upon each person here. Wrap your arms around them. Fill them with your Spirit. Let them know that you have been here and that you have filled them. This we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, be with each person here today. Guide them as they go through their life. Be with them and bless them. Now let's sing a song. Amen. Cedar Grove United Methodist Church and Pastor Brian Boley would like to thank you for listening to last week's pre-recorded sermon. Join us live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and on Facebook. We are located on Route 47, a mile and a half east off I-77, just across from WVU Parkersburg campus. Donations may be mailed to Cedar Grove UMC, 168 Old Turnpike Road, Parkersburg, West Virginia, 26104. Or you can text the word GIVE to 1304-244-1903 or visit our website, cedargroveunitedmethodist.org and click on the GIVE tab. This will bring up a form where you can determine how much you would like to give. Thank you and God bless you in your life.